0: I'm standing in a room where people are coming up with the next big ideas in tech. It's called a hackathon, and you will find events like this in every major city around the world. But this one has one major difference. Everyone here is a woman. This is almost the opposite of most hackathons, actually it's the opposite of the tech industry. Only 24% of startup founders in Australia are women. This is terrible in isolation, but it also has flow-on effects. Startups are about solving problems and if it's mostly guys involved, they are only going to be solving certain problems. But what happens if we flip this? What if there are more women? Welcome to Think Digital Futures, where we bring you stories from the digital age. I'm your host, Josh Nicholas. Today, we're going to be looking at what happens when you bring in more diversity to solve problems. There's more than 100 women at this hackathon. What issues will they tackle? What solutions will they come up with?
1: What's our idea? Okay, um, it's kind of like a life swap. Um, where we're imagining that basically there's a lot of people now who have a lot of options and you kind of can envisage your life in lots of different places around the world but because of the way the world's set up you kind of have to choose one and just do it for a bit Um, but I think we all kind of have a what, what if mentality where if there were a chance to try out another life it could be quite cool
0: this is Winnie as you can hear her idea is to create a service where people can swap lives it's basically like wife swap except you swap your home and your work with someone in another country instead of your spouse kind of, this kind of feels like an idea only an immigrant could come up with like the <laughs> fact that you've you've moved here from somewhere you're like I want to do that again kind of thing but on a on a short term basis.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the ultimate non-committal. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's basically what young professional generation is about. It's about trying to avoid <laughs> closing any doors and, and like testing things out. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of exciting. Um, and more and more people do have the freedom of working from a laptop. So you're not tied down to location. You can still have some money coming in. But you can be just chilling in San Fran.
0: So why do we need something like a hackathon to inject more diversity into tech? What does a hackathon do? Well, shoving a bunch of people into a single space and giving them a time limit is a remarkably good way of forcing creativity, of creating some action. Things like Facebook's like button and the timeline and even Facebook chat have all come out of hackathons.
2: A hackathon is a chance to practice being an entrepreneur. People kind of put too much into what they need to do and and what might happen and how much effort they need to put in. And so they take forever and they never kind of take the plunge. Imagine having two days in which to ideate, find a solution to a problem that matters, find people that care about your solution, and then pitch that solution, get some feedback, find other people who care about the same solution and the same problem, and then on Monday, have a chance to pursue that further. You manage expectations, you allow people to do something over a weekend where otherwise they might not start,
0: that was Murray Herps, the CEO of Fishburners, one of Australia's largest co working spaces for startups. And in that short little clip is the itinerary of the hackathon. It all starts with coming up with an idea, then working on that idea until it becomes a viable business, and then pitching that idea to a panel of entrepreneurs and investors. Um, but most
3: importantly, the secret sauce that makes this difference is that, that wouldn't do any good unless companies knew about it. They need the consumers
0: inside. About 100 women are gathered together on a Friday night after work to brainstorm the ideas. None of them have ever met, but their task is to think about the problems in society, the way we do things, the things that bother them, and then come up with solutions. Once they flesh out an idea, they go up on stage and talk about it. They need to try and recruit some of the other women to join them in tackling the problem. This idea will become a business.
4: I sort of made a list of the ones that stood out to me. I went down in my phone, put down the numbers, and put, like, two words that would describe that idea to me. And afterwards, I looked back at it and thought, okay, which ones really stood out and what resonated to me as a problem that I think exists? Not just for me, but that I can see existing in the world and I think needs a
0: solution. So this is Karen. She works for the CSIRO and as you can hear, she decided to sit back and listen to all the ideas that were presented. Eventually she picked one. The idea was to create some kind of tool to automatically deal with all of our internet accounts after we die. Doing things like shutting down our Facebook accounts or sharing our Dropbox passwords with our loved ones. It's basically like an online will.
4: I had a list of maybe, what, we had 30 pitches, and I had five that really resonated with me as something that would change, that would cause impact. So I guess that the problem just really fit.
0: I've been to a bunch of hackathons now and all the problems and solutions are really familiar. But if I look back at it, those hackathons were almost entirely made up of men. So of course they were familiar. But looking around at this hackathon, at all these women, the last thing you can say is they are more of the same. There's people from a whole bunch of different backgrounds here of different ages who come from different jobs and who have different life experiences. And this is all reflected in what they are tackling.
3: Men and, men and women's brains are actually hardwired differently.
0: This is Melissa Pye. She's one of the mentors at this hackathon.
3: Um, and when it comes to things like empathy, uh, it's a trait that, generally speaking, is something that is found at a deeper level, at a greater level in women. Mm. Uh, and when it comes to the startup world and solving problems, um, it's a really interesting space where you're actually solving problems for people, yeah. gen- generally, because they're the ones that have got the pain point and yeah. are prepared to pay the money. So I think the whole startup world is really. Um, brilliant playground for female entrepreneurs because they're they're naturally tapping into this um, understanding of real, true human problems and needs, perhaps more so than men.
0: And so the kind of things they're working on are really varied. There's one group working on an app to help you find a running partner so you don't have to run alone at night. There's another trying to help you sort through all your thousands of photos on your phone. And the last one is trying to help people with narcolepsy find out a bit more about what's going on. The thing about all these ideas is that they mean something. They're meaningful to the people working on them. I noted this to another observer at the event, Catherine Raphael, a researcher at UTS.
4: I mean, one of the things that I noticed uh, is that a lot, of, um, a lot of the ideas actually were really grounded in people's experiences. I think a little bit more than the sort of general hackathons where you do tend to see a bit of, a, you know, kind of a bit of, I've invented this thing and I don't actually have a problem for it.
0: (laughs) So we've already noted the massive gender disparity in the startup world. 76% of founders are male, only 24% are female. What can hackathons do to combat this? What about them would encourage more women to get involved?
3: It's less intimidating because it is only women. It feels a little bit more nurturing. Uh, a little bit more inclusive Mm -hmm. uh, because when it comes to doing anything like this regardless of of your gender they can be quite intimidating because you're throwing yourself into the deep end and you really don't know what you're doing you don't know what the expectations are you always think that someone's going to be better bigger smarter more advanced than what you are that's just an assumption because you're out of your out of your comfort zone so to come in here and feel that it's not a highly competitive Testosterone-filled—not not just testosterone, but you know, young gun guys in their hoodies. Um, it, it, it's nice just to feel that it is—it's—it's it's perhaps a little bit more nurturing and perhaps is not as intimidating as you know mm. the room, you know, with a lot of men in the room.
0: So I decided to take a little wander around the hackathon to meet some of the teams. The venue, Fishburners, is an old industrial building in Sydney CBD. Over a couple of levels, each room is about the size of a big classroom. Small groups of people are huddled in corners around computers and poring over whiteboards, each going over their business ideas and how to bring them to life. What's really interesting is you speak to all the different people is the sheer breath of motivation. Here's one of the people who attended. Her name is Susanna, and she spent the last few years working in finance, but she's recently quit her job and she wants to be an entrepreneur.
5: I didn't get the job satisfaction I wanted and also had like ideas um, in my mind and just um, things that I was looking for, which there wasn't solutions to. So I thought that some and I'm, I'm a really like hands-on person and I'm a problem solver, so yeah, so um, I think like being a staff and entrepreneur is like, that's why I'm interested, yeah.
0: Susanna's idea was to create a marketplace just for wedding dresses.
5: I think it, it just like, it makes it affordable for a lot of people because a lot of people aren't really um, interested in spending a lot of money on the weddings these days. Yeah.
0: And, and weddings course, are ridiculous.
5: Yeah, my, my sister spent ten thousand dollars on a dress. <laughs> yes, I know. I was like, when I when I for me, um, it's that's that's just not an option to spend ten thousand dollars on a dress. That's why I, when I was trying to look for my own wedding dress, um, yeah, I couldn't find a like a solution that I wanted. And I actually thought about actually buying a secondhand dress, but there wasn't really one on the market that I, that really appealed to me. So that's why I stopped.
0: Remember Karen from earlier? she was the one looking for a team to join. The team she eventually found is an interesting one. It has three people, one lawyer, one technologist and one businesswoman.
4: It's actually really interesting being in a group of people from really different backgrounds. So our idea generator was a copyright lawyer. So she's the one who's really got the background in this. And she comes comes at it from a really legal point of view. She's got all the legal background, she knows that it's a white space and there's not that much done in it. One of our other team members has worked mainly in project management and marketing, and she takes a look at the sort of business model, the sort of how we can develop, how we can scale, the sort of technicalities behind it. And I've got a more of a technical background, so I'm always (laughs) just like, you can't do that, that's not practical, you can't, (laughs) that's the storage, the servers, no, that's, no. (laughs) So, when you get everyone's backgrounds all clashing together, it gives you a lot more
0: depth. I had a bit of a sit-down with Marcia, the lawyer in Karen's group. She was the one who came up with the idea. Marcia is a single mum who recently moved from the United States. She's a lawyer, but because she was trained in the States, she isn't allowed to practice law like she would want. So she's taken on a whole host of different jobs. If she can get a business off the ground, it will completely change her life.
6: So there's the, the comfort and stability concern to weigh against the um, I'm a bit tired of being penned in. I'd like to be just given a ball and told where to run with it and then have people stop getting in my way. <laughs> and, um, and I'm bored. I'm really very, very bored.
0: The idea is born out of this experience. Marcia wanted to create a kind of will for the 21st century, one that will take care of all of our online accounts, that will allow family members access to things we hide behind passwords or delete accounts entirely if we don't want people to see them.
6: I've experienced a lot of loss in my life and I know how absolutely emotional it was for me and my siblings to go through the trunks and trunks and trunks of photographs that my mother had in the physical reality um, to decide who got which photo and where would they go. Now. Given how difficult the administrative issues and dealing with the various things that you have to deal with when a parent dies, especially unexpectedly, was for us, I can't imagine if that had happened now instead of 20 years ago, what it would be like if we then had to open up computers and smartphones and try to figure out passwords and try to get access and then have to notify 5, 10, 15 different service providers about a death.
0: I decided I wanted to follow Marcia's group throughout the weekend to see what would happen as they drilled into the idea a bit more. But there's another group that also caught my interest, three women working on something to help people with Alzheimer's and the loved ones and carers who work with them. They wanted to create a wearable device, maybe a bracelet like a Fitbit, that would allow carers to track patients and store a whole bunch of medical information for easy access. Here's Kimberly, the one who came up with the idea.
7: I've spent the last 18 months looking after my being primary carer for my mother with Alzheimer's in our house and I've had to coordinate a series of carers and uh, people to enable payment for her, coffees, teas, movies, everything like that. Um, it's no end of a problem, there aren't available services for someone who can't comprehend cash and manage it in the market and um, so we're looking at ways in which we can make it easier for them or for the carer to make payments on behalf of that person. Seems a shame that just because someone actually has, say, dementia, Alzheimer's, that we have to take their financial capacity away from them or their ability to wander and explore, uh, when in actual fact they might be looking for a toilet, but they get lost.
0: This idea could help hundreds of thousands of people around the country. It could even help you and me eventually. Here's Sarah, another member in the group.
2: I suppose what interests me about this idea is the inevitability of a need, Um, not just with current generations, but going forward as well. Um, It's it's a condition, um, ageing, obviously it's a condition (laughs) that hopefully most of us will have the privilege of bitching about um, (laughs) later on. I suppose problem or, or solution item that we're looking to address... It, it is It is a matter of just trying to help everyone feel engaged um, and in contact and that connection with each other again and just, just a sense of pride because just because, um, you know, um, as you get older you may not be everything that you were when you were younger and in your prime doesn't mean you should feel devalued or that your uh, sense of security or independence should be diminished and, and um, there, should, there shouldn't be an, a, a corresponding level of disrespect and devaluation to the individual um, because there's so much um, that can be that can be offered. Mm-hmm.
0: weekend you can see the ideas evolve as the diagrams on the whiteboard grow more complex as the mind map started to stretch out further and the teams aren't alone there are a whole bunch of people floating around helping them see holes in what they're doing or offering suggestions on what could be improved Kimberly's group is a perfect example of these changes they started off with an idea to create a wearable device for people with Alzheimer's but after a few hours of head scratching and talking to a few mentors and other people around the building their idea has evolved.
7: One of the mentors came by and we ran it past her. I'm just finding her name. Nikki. Nikki came by and we got Nikki to actually run past the idea and she then extended it on the idea and it just completely opened it all up and we just felt felt a lot better around our target market and what problem we were really going to solve. I think we were trying to actually create too many products and solve too many problems and she said simplify and in the act of actually simplifying we've now got a richer product it's not just a simple back to basics it's a lot richer and it's a bit of an ecosystem that we're going to create so for carers. So what does it look like? Um, probably a, um, an app with a still with a wearable device that a carer can use um, or the person that's re- uh, responsible for the person that's sick or not well um, that can track and capture information about what that client or patient is actually doing for the day. And also do payment transfers if you want. Um, capture details around um, their mood or their status as well as their location because the location device will show you. See ya.
0: How do you guys, how are you gonna build it?
2: <laughs> well, it's now evolved from just more of a, a hardware uh, product to being more of a hardware and app product. Um, So, in terms of building it, well, hey look, we're all open to learning. We don't have, none of us are technicians, I don't think, in the coding sense. But um, I think we're perfectly capable. We can uh, obviously bring in the experts to implement these ideas. uh, But I think we've got a much clearer direction in terms of uh, the need that we're trying to resolve now. We've, we've, this is practically our fourth iteration just in today alone um, and we've got to, we're just actually putting it all down on paper now the latest iteration because we've got to go and do the pitch very shortly to, uh, to the mentors and we're still figuring it out so we've pulled it back again, we've gone we started small, we've gone huge we've gone government and you know and overhauling entire systems and then we've just gone right here. Okay. Let's just pull it back.
0: As Saturday turned into Sunday, the ideas kept changing. They kept getting smaller, a bit more realistic. Something that could be fleshed out and built in just one weekend. Karen's group, the one who were building something to sort out online identities, they hadn't changed all that much, actually. Their idea largely stayed intact, and so by the time I spoke to them at lunchtime on Sunday, they were feeling pretty good.
4: So right now we're starting to put together the slide deck. We've done our practice pitch, got a really good feedback. So now we're really refining it and putting it down,
6: just down on paper so we can present it properly.
0: Okay. So what So what does it look like now? Has it changed much?
6: Oh, um, I'm not really clear about the question. Um, do you mean from the initial idea to now, how many changes have we gone through?
0: Well, like, how's it changed since I spoke to you at like 3 p.m. yesterday?
6: Um, I don't know. Well, we've refined it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, we've done a validation survey, so now we have some statistics to back us up to tell us we're on the right track. Yeah. We did some industry research and, and also um, can back ourselves up on that one. Um, and we've we fine-tuned our business model
0: So now, now now, what happens, like you go like four hours before you actually have to pitch, sort of what happens with the rest of the day now? It sounds like you guys have got it pretty yeah. clear.
6: So um, what do you think, guys? For the rest of the day, I think that the step one is to just fine-tune our pitch and get the slides done. Yeah, our pitch do... was pretty good. We were only <laughs> about 30 or 40 seconds over. It went over really, really well. It was really well-received. There were some minor fine-tuning points that we're going to incorporate. We'll maybe practice that once or twice, and then I don't want to... Um, I don't want to burn out on that, (laughs) but we're all pretty excited about the product. So what I had in mind from here was I want to create a process map from an administrative perspective of where we go from here as a team.
0: 6pm on Sunday. The hackathon has been going for three days now. All the teams are exhausted but they're taking the stage one last time. They want to present their ideas to all of us as well as the panel of entrepreneurs and investors. Watching all these pictures I'm amazed at how invested I am both in the ideas and the teams. I've been to a bunch of these events before, but I've never encountered the kind of problems tackled here. Most of the time I see something close to the Facebook like button, not something that aims to help people with Alzheimer's or deal with the existential question of what happens to my Twitter account after I die. These are real issues. The problems tackled at this hackathon are profoundly different. And I can't help but think that having women here is a big reason why. You've been listening to Think Digital Futures, stories from the digital age. You can subscribe to our podcast by searching for us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. If you have liked what you heard, please rate us and leave a review. It helps us get discovered. This program is a collaboration between UTS and 2SER. I'm Josh Nicholas. Talk to you next time.